Locked on White Sox is back for 2021. Happy New Year to each and every one of you. This episode, this Mailbag Monday edition of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use our promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And now, let's start the show. White Sox! White Sox! Go! 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 Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter at Eckerwall23. Chris Tannehill is with me also follow him at chris tannehill the show is at locked on socks and of course subscribe to our youtube channel go there locked on socks on on youtube and without further ado it's chris tannehill how you doing tonight oh hi herb happy 2021 you know i was typing out some stuff for uh the, the rundown for the show tomorrow and i accidentally put 2020 if that's any indication about how this year's gonna go look out it might be worse huh? so wacky <laughs> am i right i'll be i'll be doing that until like at least march yeah you'll be putting that on your checks until god knows when um <laughs> all right so it's a new year happy new year to you herb i have not spoken to you uh since new year's day so happy new year to you you thank you sir um, happy new year to you too oh, oh thank you and also with you um so you know we're just going to read some emails here it is mailbag monday of course and we're going to talk about sort of our holiday breaks uh, you know the lockdown network was kind enough to give us some time away from the podcast which i think helped because if we had to get have time off from work and then you know i have to go back doing this five days a week you know i, I don't think i would have enjoyed my vacation as much as i did but how was your holiday break you're, you're quite a busy boy you've got a new apartment and how's that going Oh, well, we're um, here now. So yesterday was our first full day here. Well, our first day here, uh, we had a, uh, uh, movers who moved us in, and that's a 100% recommendation from me to you guys out there listening. Hire people who actually do this thing for a profession because it was quick as hell. They showed up at our house, I think, at 9, and we were all comfortably at our place, unpacked by, like, 1.00. We we're all like energized. You we weren't exhausted from the move. So yeah, we're now in Uptown. I was where I was before. Um, and we moved from Ravenswood to Uptown. So it's all good. Uh, didn't do really do anything for Christmas and or New Year's because we we're in COVID and we we're just uh, homebodies and we we're just getting prepared for this move. But everything's good. Our new place is awesome. And we're looking forward to being here in the summer because it's got a nice rooftop deck and some uh, options for having guests over it's going to be nice if we get past this covid a lot of vaccinations gotten done oh we will um i'll get vaccinated just to hang out with you guys over there just for that reason alone <laughs> that's what i've been having on my calendar circled to, to hang out with herb and courtney so we can watch some live sports uh, at your guys apartment but yeah movers definitely uh, recommend also unless you're like me and a crazy person when i hired movers to move when we were living in our condo back in 20 13 and we moved in with my parents while we were saving up to buy a house i hired movers then they were awesome 
I think it was uh, it was Windy City Movers, maybe. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, great recommendation there. I don't remember the name of the company, but they're great. Her, I can attest to what Herb's saying, get movers. But then, unless you're like me and you're a psychopath maniac, after we bought our house finally, I moved everything, all of our possessions pretty much box by box over the course of about a month while we closed on the place. And then the final day, we packed everything in a U-Haul truck, and Herb helped me move. It was nice to have friends to help Herb and Brendan McCaffrey and his wife Katie. And then Herb was with me, and he was in the U-Haul truck <laughs> with me when uh, I was backing. You know, I was pulling in into our driveway uh, in front of our garage, and I uh, had the U-Haul truck going, and I didn't know how much clearance I had overhead, and I totally drove the U-Haul truck into our awning on the side of our house. The house was ours for about a minute, and I had already <laughs> destroyed part of it. So Herb was with me that day. That was quite a day, and the awning is still in my garage. Like, I'm going to find something to do with it. Uh, but yeah, I finally got my Sawzall this weekend, so I think I, I may mm. just saw it up and uh, put it in the garbage this week maybe. So yeah, that'll be my first project with my new with my new reciprocating saw. So yeah, man. Uh, it was a good uh, bad accident. It was yeah. really good to have it done, but also bad. I'm sure your wife was like, ah, that sucks, but then also <laughs> like, yeah fine yeah it is what it is like i can't say one time where i was like man i wish there was an awning here on this side door <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> it's it's not you know all the other houses on the block have it so there's that but you know it, well, i'm not scared to be different here but uh before we get into emails real quick uh, something did happen on the last day of 2020 mm. that uh, really had me bummed out a little bit and we won't spend too much time on this but uh it's something i wanted to talk about because i know we have a lot of crossover with with uh, hip-hop fans and just music fans in general um, but MF Doom passed away um, on uh, Halloween, apparently, on October 31st of 2020, and his uh, wife announced it on uh, New Year's Eve, and everyone thought that, you know, what's going on here is very odd. You know, me being a huge MF Doom fan, I thought it was... Uh, not a, not a hoax, but the way it was worded as a, as a you know re, you know reborn into the next life. I was like, oh, this I'm not buying that he's passed on. I'm just you know maybe he's rebooting a, a another alter ego because he had several throughout his career other than the MF Doom alter ego. And I was like, oh, this could be a thing. Maybe I was just in denial where I thought I was hoping beyond hope that it was just another project coming out and, and a relaunch of a new character, but it was not the case. And I've been an MF Doom fan since the days of, of KMD back in the in the early 90s. And before he was MF Doom and he was Zev Love X and first hearing him on the, uh, on the Gas Face uh, rework. And just it sucks, man. And uh, I remember I was with you, and I, I kind of put you up on MF Doom. We were in a in, yes. in the car. I think we were on our way to get some beers from uh, from Tighthead Brewing, get some of Pat Manley's uh, Long Snapper IPAs, and I threw on some MF Doom. I'm sure you had heard of him already to that point, but I was like, you know what? We're gonna listen to Operation Doomsday here in, in the Whip, and I knew uh, that you would enjoy it. And I don't know if you ever went back and listened to it after that, but. You know, for someone who's been in, uh, involved in hip hop culture for as long as I have, just it sucks not you know having another MF Doom record to look forward to, man. So I just everyone out there, I know it was a kind of a shitty weekend with that hanging over. Like I took a little bit of a nap Friday after I heard, and you know it really hit me when I woke up and I started texting with some friends of mine and you know seeing pictures of friends that I that I know that worked with them. Uh, like the my guys, the Mole Men, they they threw up a great photo tribute on their Instagram, just of one of their studio sessions with them. It was just it hit us all pretty hard because he was a guy that bonded so many of us. And uh, you know, I hooked up with my wife and for the first time at, at an MF Doom show at the Metro. So you know, the MF Doom and this family, you know, it, it is uh, his, his name rings out. So it's certainly not going to be the same without him. Uh, you don't have to. 
add to that unless you'd unless you'd like to. But I just wanted to mention that before we move on here. Yeah, I remember when I heard the news. I first person I thought about was you because I do remember that you turned it on. I was like, whoa! I had heard, you know, everybody, you know, it's kind of like Pharaoh Mantra. You had heard about him, and everybody loves him, but you haven't really. Well, me, I haven't really heard his music until you played it for me, and I was like, yes, I get it. I get it. He's different. He's he's innovative. Uh, rapping over some of my favorite beats too. Like, uh, I think you played like a, uh, a tribe type of beat, uh, that he was rapping over and I was like, Oh snap. And then maybe, uh, I don't know if it was a, uh, the shot, female the, the shot day one or like, you know, yes. it's like anyone who grew up on, on like seventies and eighties R and B, like I knew, I knew would like MF doom. So that's why I put, uh, I put you up on him. So yeah, that's yeah. And so, yeah, I was very sad for you guys like Mark Childif, guys who, who are into the hip hop culture deep. And so, yeah, it was a, I, there was not a dry eye in the hip hop community. Cause it's kind of like, you know, you gotta be a hip hop head to appreciate what MF doom does. Cause he wasn't out there like on, you know, publication. He wasn't out there on videos and on radio plays. So yeah, it was a big time loss. It was, uh, I, as somebody put, I think ninth wonder put it, he's like, I wish the people who, are celebrating MF today because I think he had four of the top eight albums on like iTunes uh, after he passed. It's like, I wish he would have had this when he was alive. And, you know, he wasn't about money, but, you know, money goes far. And he could have, you know, provided his family a little bit more. You know, they weren't broke or destitute, but, you know, it was good to see that people were supporting the guy in in his passing. But, uh, you should be giving people their flowers while they're here. And I know you had did that when he was uh, alive and doing well. Absolutely. And, um, you know, you mentioned destitute. And if you want to go back and look at MF Doom's story, if possibly you've never heard of him, you like you like rap or hip hop, but you've never really gotten into him because, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions and and bad labels thrown on him like i know people who liked hip-hop like oh that's like nerd rap or whatever but then they actually never sat down and listened to him but you mentioned the word destitute if you go back after he was with kmd and they were dropped by electra like he was basically homeless for a couple years and he reinvented himself and started this whole new wave for himself so the, the story is definitely interesting if you guys want to check it out check out the music i, I envy you guys if you haven't heard him yet because you guys are in for a real treat. Just you study up on them and, and go through the catalog, and it's you know funny, and you know the 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 rhyme style and the wordplay is you know it's it's he's one of the top ten MCs I think you know easily in my book. Maybe you could you know get him in that top five, but just I envy you guys if you guys haven't heard any of his stuff. So do yourself a favor and uh, check out some MF Doom. Uh, you know while you're. Uh, sitting around working from home or you know just putting some music on the background to vibe out because it's certainly great stuff to vibe to but then give it another listen again and really pay attention to the lyrics that he's saying because the guy was out of this world all right we're gonna take a quick time out here and we're finally gonna open up the bag here on locked on white Sox. and this episode of locked on white Sox is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag are we ready for some football college football is heading into bowl season it's wrapping up now and there's some big matchups this weekend nfl regular season just finished up today the playoff picture is set and there's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust that's betonline.ag you sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use our promo code locked on for your 50 percent 
welcome bonus. Herb, last time we spoke, uh, we talked about fading Notre Dame. And mm. through gritted teeth, I didn't say anything because I'm, I'm a very casual Fighting Irish fan. But going up against Bama, I'm like a casual Alabama fan too. So the, that, that humbling ass woman that was put on the Irish. Oh, Jesus. If you were to listen to Herb, you could have made yourself some money. Well, I mean, you could have made some money, but then – Notre Dame came back and covered the 18 at the end of the game. Well, if you had them at a number earlier in the in the uh, betting with, you could have got on betonline.ag. You could have got Notre Dame at a real number or Alabama at a real number where you didn't lose money. But I got them at 18 and a half and mercy. Uh, Notre Dame scores a garbage touchdown at the end of the game and it covers so garbage. But this week, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that national championship game. Ohio State versus Alabama. The Crimson Tide, I think, are, as I said before, the best team in college football, and we'll show Ohio State exactly that. Um, so do whatever you need to do to get on the Crimson Tide to actually cover the spread this time. That'll be great. Um, just looking at the early lines, now is a good time to get in on betonline.ag for the uh, NFL playoffs. Uh, lines out already for Bears and Saints, Bears at New Orleans, and the Bears are uh, nine-and-a-half-point dogs, which seems like a lot early here. It's a lot. Um, it is a lot. I, you know, I know they're playing in New Orleans, but with no crowd, and the Bears certainly are playing better football than they have been just despite the way it kind of unraveled at the end of the game, but maybe that's something you may want to look at uh, as your next play at betonline.ag. Uh, Over-under in that one is 47-and-a-half. Uh, I'm inclined to go over on that one, I think. Um but uh, yeah, there's I'm a lot. I'm both to go over and bet on the Bears in that regard. Yeah, because that, remember that's... the Bears in New Orleans played earlier in this year, and New Orleans won, I think, in overtime on a field goal. So yeah, yeah, that was the Nick Foles era too. So totally different Bears team. Yeah. A little bit better now. Mitch is not no great shakes, but nine and a half. It's a lot of wood. I don't, I don't trust New Orleans to do all that, especially versus the Bears defense. Even though they didn't play too well on Sunday. I think the the Bears will give New Orleans all they can handle, especially if Al Kamara's coming back without practice from the COVID list. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore, folks. Get in on the action, and don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive a fifty percent welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts, and we're also brought to you today by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And somehow, someway, Built Bar keeps coming up with funky fly flavors like every single day. And they're even delicious errors, if that was even possible. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including the six new flavors that you guys have come to know about here. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And don't forget, they still have the 12 classics that you know and love so well. Also, you got mint brownie. Orange, toffee, almond, coconut, peanut butter brownie. You've heard me in professing my love for German chocolate. They got that too. Built Bars are always covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and so easy to chew. They're not all grainy and, and tough like a lot of those other protein bars that you may have had on the market. They're great if you're trying to lose or maintain weight while still indulging in a delicious snack. If you're doing the keto diet, they're perfect for that because they are low-calorie, low-carb, low-sugar, but high in protein. Head over to BuiltBar.com right now. If there's someone in your life who's trying to get an early start on a 2020 New Year's resolution or someone who you know loves a good, healthy snack, get over to BuiltBar.com right now because you can get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Give the gift of Built Bar this year, why don't you? And don't forget our promo code Locked On. That'll get you 20% 
20% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, folks, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college hoops, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herbie, without any further ado, shall we open up that bag? Let it do it. A lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Oh, we love your emails. And if you love emailing people like us, how can the Lockdown White Sox listeners get a hold of us and get, you know, maybe some representation in this uh, Mailbag Monday? You can send your emails, questions, comments, whatever you want to send to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Send it to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. All right. So we're going to probably do a two-part mailbag again because we got uh, some really good stuff here. We'll hear from Uncle Pete most likely tomorrow. Um, (laughs) But there's some good stuff in here already. So we're we're scaling down to, I think, three episodes a week here in January. Uh, We we went from five during the season down to four. We hit you with five a bunch of times after the season ended because the offseason is so interesting for the White Sox. So I think we're going to scale down to three episodes a week. Uh, unless there's news, we'll always be right on top of it. As you guys know, uh, we'll, we'll break in and uh, do a podcast as news breaks. So uh, keep it locked in right here to Locked on White Sox. But the first email leading off tonight is from Sam in Hinsdale. Sam says this. Hi, Herb and Chris. My question is, I know we have a quality bullpen as of right now, but find most World Series teams get those big three relievers to truly shut down their opponents. My thinking is starting rotation as good as anyone with the addition of Lynn, Giolito, Keiko, Seas, Kopech will come along in this, as the season progresses. I say go all in and give whatever Alex Colome slash Liam Hendricks is asking for as long as it's under three years each since our contention window is open. So our new bullpen big three would be Bummer, Colome, and Liam Hendricks which roll out in the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning in that order. I think any opposing lineups would gulp in fear of the sight of having to hit against those three. Anyways, what are your guys' thoughts? That's Sam and Hinsdale. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for checking in, and thank you for supporting the podcast all year. What do you think about that big three there, Herb? I love it, but I see the White Sox using the people they have on the team already as their bullpen. Maybe Liam Hendricks is signed. Uh, that does that means that Alice Conley is going away because you're not going to pay two closers. And as we said on this uh, podcast many times, and I think you get, we get it from Brian Kenny, you do not pay for saves. You pay for outs. And I like what you're saying about you put those guys in seventh, eighth, and ninth. But I put a guy who can get people out in the sixth inning because we all know some of the biggest outs are before the ninth inning. Sometimes you have runners on first and second with the three, four, and five guys coming up. You need a guy that's going to be out there shutting people down. Jimmy Cordero, good, but imagine if it was Alice Calme or if it was Liam Hendricks in that regard. I know they won't do it because, firstly, you have an old-school manager that will do the seven, eight, nine thing where you stack up guys, but – I liked how other guys like Tito Francona used Andrew Miller. He would come in sometimes in the sixth inning. Sometimes he would come in the ninth and sometimes in the eighth. Wherever the biggest leverage outs were to be gotten, he would be in the game. Um, so I don't 
necessarily care if they sign uh, Liam Hendricks. It'll be best. It'll be best if they do. But I think they're going to come back with mostly the players that they had in the bullpen last year, especially with the success you had from Matt Foster, Cody Hoyer, uh, Chase Fire, a little bounce back year. You get more Aaron Bummer. Um, yeah, they'll try that, run that back again, and maybe sign either Colin May or Hendricks to be the closer. But I would love for them, and if Ethan Katz has any say-so in this as a young, analytically-driven guy, uh, I would love for them to use one of those guys in just a high-leverage situation. Just be, hey, you're today, you're going to be pitching. And if Cease doesn't do the job in the fifth and he's having troubles, you bring in a guy that usually you would see later innings. It's a high-leverage situation. The ball game could be won or lost right then so let's see if we can get the job done but that's just my hope i know tony larus is an older guy and but he did innovate how we use the bullpen like pretty much of these uh this recent time so maybe he's got some other tricks up his sleeves with uh eat the cats under him yeah you know uh, th- we didn't get to it because we we had the uh joakely cespedes news breaking but one of the episodes that i that i was prepping for a couple weeks back was tony la Russa finally spoke to the media and he was mm-hmm. asked about uh about closers and you sort of to your point about you know what he's made his his you know his career by doing is having set roles in the bullpen and from what it sounds like he loves having a guy in that ninth inning to shorten games and I know we talked about that briefly before but I think he's really going to want a guy he's going to try to lobby for a guy who's done the job before or at least you know he'll get his read on his players and figure out who he believes is actually comfortable doing it now they say Liam Hendricks wants a four-year deal it's not my money I say sign him today uh, he actually had a higher earn run average than Alex Colome did last year, but in, in more appearances. And you saw what Hendricks was able to do in the playoffs versus the White Sox. He's, he's a weapon that can go out there for you know longer outings if, if need be. Obviously, you don't want that too much in a 162, but you know the, the stuff is, is, is filthy. He's dominant. And if I had to choose between the two, I, you know, I agree that Colome is not coming back if you're signing Liam Hendricks. So I, I would be all in on signing Liam Hendricks, but if he's you know holding fast to that four-year deal, there's no reason why they shouldn't sign him to four years. But let's say Colome is willing to come back like on a two-year deal for less money. We know the White Sox are going to go on the cheap, and I wouldn't have a problem with that if bringing back Alex Colome. Everyone thought he was going to regress last year, and I know it was a small sample size, but you know he, he didn't regress that badly. You know he's still a pretty good player. I think he was a one-war player over the course of the shortened season, and he's only. Um, a few months older than uh, Liam Hendricks. Actually, Alex Colomay is celebrating a birthday on uh, December 31st. So happy birthday, Alex Colomay. We know you're listening. But yeah, I, I, as far as your the whole th- the concept of having 7, 8, 9, um, I like Bummer, as you said, kind of like the Andrew Miller type where he's a weapon at any spot in the ball game. Could be a guy in the fifth inning, your starter's struggling a little bit, then you got the heart of the lineup coming up, throw him in there. That way you can give guys a clean inning after that. We're lockstep on that one. I agree with you wholeheartedly. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the White Sox do with this closer position. It's like the last – the you know they don't have a perfect roster by any means, but the final – gaping hole is there's no closer and there's certainly good options out there if you want to you know keep it in-house and bring back Colome I wouldn't hate that but Liam Hendricks is the guy who you've heard linked to the White Sox so hopefully we get some news soon but I'm not counting on it uh, I think maybe we'll see guys sort of fill out the rosters GMs fill out their rosters closer to spring training whenever that is so it's and a that, lo- that's just, that speaks to your point Tanny 
where you're hearing about owners wanting to push back the regular season to a certain time. So if the owners want to push back the regular season to a certain time, they're definitely not going to be rushing to pick up free agents in this period or close to this period. They could be like, okay, we want to start in May. So, hey, how about we not sign any real significant people? I mean, JT Realmuto is still out there um, until – a certain period of time. There have been signings. There have been, of course, that blockbuster trade we had last year, uh, last week, that and um, the one with uh, Blake Snell, but not really a lot of free agent movement. So I could see owners slow playing this until maybe March, maybe April, until you get a solid guy. So let's see if they report in a month. That type of thing is a big, big uh, teller of whether the owners are serious about starting the season on time. I think everybody else is like, gung-ho about the april late march early april start but the owners want to make sure fans are in the seats understandably so and so i think they'll follow suit on the free agent pursuits in that regard too yeah and again that that vaccine rollout's a lot slower than people thought it was going to be so yeah it's not it's not looking good but i'm I'm, you know cautiously optimistic but yeah i don't think we're going to see the traditional pit you know I don't. If, if you come out here saying pitchers and catchers report, <laughs> like as soon as like the Super Bowl is over, like that doesn't mean anything to me because I don't think they're going to be reporting when they usually are. So and th- and that's fine, you know. Just have to get the season in safely. You know, you're probably going to get at least a hundred games in, and maybe you won't have to do the spring training thing. Maybe you can do the inner squad thing again. I thought that was helpful. The teams like the White Sox, you know, teams that have some depth and talent on the team. I think that that could help. Uh, But yeah, thank you, Sam, uh, for your question, as always. Next one here coming in from Alexander. He writes this, Hey, guys, hope you had a great new year. Uh, My question for this week's mailbag is about a big-name game coming to the White Sox. Do you think the Sox should break out the 1920s logo on the classic pinstripe uni for the Field of Dreams game in August? Personally, I'd find it heretical for them to wear anything other than the uniform style made famous by that piece of film history thanks guys and can't wait for 2021 uh herb the field of dreams uniform i think this one's already kind of been slowly rolled out have you have you seen the photos of the of the uh, field of dreams cap that at least the soft launch of it have you seen pictures of that i have not uh well hat hat club one of the great uh uh, online purveyors of, of of fitted caps which occasionally i will explore uh for a lid or two they had it was like a, a a modified version of the classic uh, S logo with the with the O X uh, you know, inside of the S, like you would see on the nineteen nineteen jerseys. So I think what they're going to end up doing is they're going to have I, I, they may go full on th- you know turn back the clock with the baggy uniforms. You know they should I, they absolutely should. But one thing that you don't ever see is the caps that are like the, the old school style caps with the short ass bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't see <laughs> yeah. that shit anymore. Like, so I think I've seen the caps. I'm going to try to Google it now and make sure uh, I, that, that, that wasn't a, a fever dream of, of mine, but yeah, I, they should not deviate from those uniforms. If anything, if they want to, you know, sell some more merchandise, for each team, well, the Yankees, you can't really do much because their uniform hasn't changed that much. But for the White Sox, if you want to do like a new hybrid sort of uniform where you have like the cream color from those old school jerseys in the uh, in the 20s and in the early teens, have that cream color jersey with the pinstripes and the old SOX logo, but with like the more of a modern tailored fit. I, I like that a lot. Or go black top 
alternate blacktop with the white SOX. I think that would be dope too. But yeah, uh, I'm looking for this Field of Dreams cap. But yeah, I, I'm not seeing it right now. But I, I'm pretty sure they rolled that out. And it looks similar to the one that you're talking about there, uh, Alexander. But it's it's not quite the same. I actually like it. I think it works uh, incredibly well uh for for white Sox hats and then they should you know roll that into the uh the alternates like the, the white Sox should utilize their alternates a lot more i think in 2021 and uh, this field of dreams game could be a, a jumping off point for that yeah we talked about it white Sox have a great history of uniforms and a couple misses but yeah. the 1919 1920 era white Sox uniforms were spectacular like you said it's the s with the o and the x inside of it stylish and yeah maybe the uniforms the sleeves on the arms came down like to a three-quarter length so maybe they can be shortened to you know more modern times because oh, yeah. i'm sure that the hitters are used to the cut and the size and comfortability of the uniforms they have now so uh just make it modern but have the same look the exact same look but feel and they have the feel be different so if they come out in anything other than the 1919 uniforms, the stuff, the look that they had in that movie, it's a failure. It's a hundred percent failure. You're in the field of dreams game. There's a reason why the white Sox were picked because they're in the movie. Cause they look as such because the shoeless Joe Jackson, you so, got to look as such. Yeah. If you go to a new era cap EU, like you just search, you know, uh, field of dreams cap white Sox, And it's right there for you. I just sent it in the chat here. Uh, Herb, if you have that on your phone, you can pull it up. But it's you can see, it's it's basically the same with a slight variation and a very nice look. Like this would be a hat I would wear every day. Like and to alternate with the with the classic socks logo that they have now. Like I'd I'd rock the hell out of this one. I, I like it very much. I think it, it it says navy blue in the product description. So you know I, I believe that's that's accurate to the White Sox colors of the day. Like a real dark deep navy blue. But yeah, it's it's a nice looking lid. You see it there or no? Yeah, I do see that. <laughs> okay, that is all right. Sweet. I like it. Yeah, so thank you, Alexander. You can fo- follow him on Twitter at SoxsideIrish99. Um, do we want to address that now while, while we're on the topics, sort of, kind of, about how the Southside Irish song is basically, what's the, what song is it ripping it's, off her? It's, it's uh, <laughs> I Am Stuck on band-aid because band-aid stuck on me i don't know which one came first i that's the first one that's the one i heard first the the band-aid song but yeah the Southside irish i was sure was originated back in like the 30s or some mm-hmm. shit like that but yeah. yes shannon rovers mercy where the south side irish and then like mick was it miller like took over and i called it uh shirish Shirish. yeah Ugh. Yeah, yeah, boo. Um, <laughs> all right, delicious next, beer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't wait to enjoy some uh, some Miller Lights with with the, with the peeps, man. Um, Maddie Mitch writes this: Hey, fellas, I enjoy the non baseball banter between you two. Oh, I hope so. You've got a lot of it this episode, especially yes, while we wait for the Sox to make more moves. Hopefully, so here goes. For the past four years, I've gotten my mother-in-law a hoodie for each Christmas. She loves them. It's a pretty sweet deal for me. Each one is from a place that she loves and loves Park slash Rockford. A localized cream shop, her favorite hardware store, Beefaroo. Oh, yeah. He says in parentheses, Herbie would like that one. Is that mm-hmm. is that true? You're a Beefaroo guy? I've gone to Beefaroo twice since I... Uh, been alive because Maddie used to talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah Batacola, Beefaroo was yeah. great. Yes. Welcome back. Another Matabaticola. And my guy Joe Dredge from out that way. Uh, he got me a beef a roux uh, scully uh, a couple years ago for Christmas. Um, 
anyway, uh, he actually got a Menards hoodie too. Not local, but it's one of uh, the mother-in-law's favorite stores. Uh, my father-in-law laughed at her and me at the last hoodie I got. He said, quote, everyone will know where you're from just based off your hoodies. So if you guys were to get three hoodies from places of a business, restaurant, et cetera, et cetera, in Chicago to best represent your idea of Chicago, which would they be? Best to you guys in the new year. Go Sacks, Maddie Mitch from Loves Park, Illinois. Thank you, Maddie Mitch. Herb, hoodies that represent Chicago. What are you going with? Well, I think, you know, you go classic Harold's, but I would change it up because I actually like Uncle Remus much more than Harold's. Uh, Uncle Remus is a West Side uh, chicken joint, and it's not as commercialized as Harold's is. The flavor is travels from whatever uh, Uncle Remus you go to. I've only gone to the one on Madison uh, over there close to Oak Park. So I'll get a hoodie that said uh, Uncle Remus, uh, grab pan maybe. Uh, delicious, by the way. And um, let's see, another Chicago, I think uh, authentically Chicago that says where I'm from. Well, now now I live over here in Uptown, so I would definitely get an Uptown sweater. Maybe not a, a business, but Uptown in Chicago has so many, uh, many memories, so many good people who've made it fur farther than uh, just Chicago. Taylor Horton Tucker, who played at Simeon, which is all in the south side, was born and raised here in Uptown. So he used to take uh, transportation down there to Simeon to go to school and ball. But now he plays for the Lakers. So, I mean, Uptown's got a lot of history. It's got a lot of culture. I live right by a place called Asia on Argyle. So, you know, the, it's a lot of people, the different uh, ethnicities, which is very, very, very rare in Chicago to see Asians, blacks, whites, Mexicans, anything else uh, intermingling, living together. The building I live in, very, very uh, diverse. And the third hood. I mean, I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Wheaton originally. So, oh, we claim you. Don't worry. When I talk with my buddies, I always claim you. <laughs> okay, but if we're gonna go Chicago and a Chicago place, I mean, I got. I'm. A, I'm always about food, so I would go with Portillo's. Portillo's is my probably my number one choice of a Chicago chain restaurant. Um, it's Chicago. It's uniquely Chicago, and I think you said it like I just said about Uncle Remus. The taste of Portillo's is universal. It's delicious whenever you go. It's not like, man, I went to the the Portillo's out there in Howard Heights, and that's better than the Portillo's out in uh, Uptown or Portillo's out there in uh, on the new one in Addison. No, the flavor, the taste. I was born and raised out in the suburbs. They taste exactly the same out there as they taste right here in Chicago. I haven't been to the one in Buena Park in uh, L.A., but I was this close to getting it. And I'm sure it tastes exactly the same. My people out there in L.A. would attest to the flavor of Portillo's out there. But that would definitely tell people that you're Chicago if you were in a Portillo shirt, even though it's worldwide now or United States wide. Yeah. So this is funny because one of the only things I asked my wife for for Christmas uh, was a hoodie. And the hoodie I wanted was from the uh, the Traverse City Pit Spitters, uh, you know, uh, independent league and the Northwoods League. I got a hoodie. Okay. Like you know, I want I, a Traverse City Pit Spitters hoodie. It's a real nice looking hoodie. Looked better than it did in the photo, but she got me that, and that's the only thing I asked for for Christmas. And then she got me an Xbox Series S, which I have been Mercy. playing a ton. Oh my goodness, <laughs> friends! Assassin's Creed. Oof. Yeah. V- Valhalla. Oh. Friends. Is it just the just the shit? It's like awesome, I know that yeah. initially you're like, 
like oh, I was I don't know what it was I, like I hadn't played yeah. an Xbox in like 15 years so I, I don't know what a Series S was I don't know what it what it do baby <laughs> but yeah it's been awesome um but I don't want to get off topic here but yeah so three so I got my Traverse City Pit Spitters hoodie but that's Northern Michigan uh Chicago hoodies to represent like my favorite Chicago things uh I'd probably get a Gene and Giorgetti hoodie uh them being my favorite uh, Chicago Steakhouse. Um, that's like when you think of Chicago, you think Steakhouse. Uh, what else? Do you I th- heard you wrong, and I almost heard you say uh, Gene and Jude's, and I'm like, that's River Grouse. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Chicago couldn't wait to jump all over me for incorrect uh, Chicago <laughs> suburb reference. That's yeah. my shit. <laughs> I haven't been there in a minute, though. I gotta go. I gotta go someday this week to to Gene and Jude. I'm, I'm relatively close here, living off of Harlem as I do. But another spot near Harlem that I would go. You mentioned Portillo's. You stole one of mine, so I'm gonna go Johnny's Beef. Uh, mm. th- nothing more Chicago than a than an Italian beef sandwich and uh, a Johnny's beef hoodie. I don't think they make them, but that would be quintessential quintessential Chicago. And uh, one of the other things I, I like to do, the my third and final hoodie. This is a tough one. Um, Go record shopping, uh, a place uh, that's near and dear to my heart, Gramophone Records on uh, in Diversity and Clark. Um, it, you know, uh, Cap D of All Natural once said it started out in the park, but now they do it on Diversity and Clark. Uh, that's one of my favorite places to, to grab vinyl. And, uh, you know, it's, you know it's, now we're on the MF Doom thing. I bought a lot of MF Doom records from Gramophone uh, Records. So, yeah, Gramophone Records, and they're, they're still hanging in there. Uh, with COVID, uh, you know, record shopping, that's that's one of the things that you can do socially distant because you don't want anyone looking over your shoulder. You're just a creep, like, if you're right next to someone when they're record shopping. Like, you're supposed to give, you know, some some space anyway. So they're, they're still still hanging in there. But, yeah, that's it. That's my three Chicago institutions, Gene and Giorgetti, Johnny's Beef, and Gramophone Records. Um, but, yeah. That's- just on a side note with Manny Mitch, I used to ha- not hang out, but I used to spray mosquito mist out there in the – Loves Park, Rockford, Cherry Valley area, uh, not just exclusively. We would just cover pretty much all northeastern Illinois, even though that's not necessarily northeastern. Uh, we would go from Roselle, where the offices were, all the way out to we would go to the home of the pretzel, which is Freeport, and then come back in towards Rockford, Cherry Valley, all those places. I'm like, man, I got it. I get it. But also, man, some of these places out here are rough. Like Rockford is rough as fuck. Yeah, you think Chicago's rough, but I was like, God damn, it's <laughs> tough out here. Yeah, man, I, I had that experience firsthand uh, last summer. We went up to uh, we we took the New Glarus tour in Wisconsin, and we came back down that way through Rockford. And yeah, that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, uh, it's kind of no joke out here. Um, but one of the the breweries that Joe Dredge brought me some some beer from was a brewery in uh, McChesney Park called Pig Mines. So I don't know if Maddie Mitch, I'm sure you've been there, but yeah, that's another place out in Rockford that I, I enjoy their stuff very much. So Pig Mines Brewery, it's uh, it's delicious. Um, wrapping it up here on Locked on White Sox, what do you what do you think? We should we do a little socks in the city? Can you again? Yeah. Can you send my baseball? Sure. There. Wow. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. Wow, that's good advice. It's Socks in the City, and if you're new to the Locked on White Sox podcast, Socks in the City is the segment where you explain your run-ins with maybe past, you know, current White Sox players, anyone affiliated with the White Sox, and you explain your awkward, 
autograph encounter and usually they almost always are if it's outside of a ballpark setting um and i and i love them so much these stories of socks in the city and tonight we've got a fun one here and i was thinking about uh putting socks on the in the city giving it a rest this week uh but this one was too good to pass up uh this one coming in from Roger in Greensboro, and he says, Hey guys, I'm enjoying the Socks in the City segments, and I want to share an embarrassing humble brag about when I met Ozzy Gian. So anytime you got an Ozzy Gian story, I'm all in 100%. I grew up on the north side in North Center, and I was a fan of both the Sox and Cubs. By rule... I had to pick a team and stop putting ketchup on my hot dog on my 13th birthday. While, while we're at it, Herb, I, you know, knowing you as I do, I don't think you're a person that cares about what condiments people put on their hot dog. There's nothing I mm-hmm. hate worse than when you're at a ballpark and you're at the hot dog stand and someone's over your shoulder policing what you're putting on your hot dog. What, those are the worst people in America. Yes, I agree. Uh, I you know, get down with the Chicago style hot dog and don't put ketchup on my hot dog unless it's at the crib. And I very rarely uh, eat a hot dog at home making by myself, but that's not my hot dog. I think ketchup is a child's uh, condiment, but it's not my choice. (laughs) I don't berate most people. uh, If they put ketchup on their hot dog, it's their hot dog. It's their mouth. Enjoy yourself. But you know, if I had a gripe, I would just say, let's, let's try a better flavor out here if you want. Like, let's, you know, this is the beginner level. Let's elevate you to the next level. Maybe some sriracha, maybe some sambal leek, something like that. So you can get a little bit more flavor to your uh, condiment. But if you want just simple ketchup, all good. Enjoy yourselves. It must be delicious. So anyway, uh, I correctly chose the White Sox in 1983. Good choice. In 1985, when Sean Dunstan and Ozzie Guillen were both rookies, there were debates regarding which was the better shortstop. The Ozzie side ultimately won because he was AL Rookie of the Year, managed a World Series champion, and caused an international incident praising Fidel Castro. I'll spare you the details, but I worked in the Cubs clubhouse for the entire 1986 season. On the day of the Crosstown Classic, I was in the Cub dugout during the pregame festivities. The dugout felt six feet below ground level. Ozzie was on the field yelling down at me, Where's that piece of shit shortstop? (laughs) I stared at him like he was crazy. He then said, Dunstone. <laughs> I felt like, I felt like an idiot. I felt like an idiot and a little racist because my newest favorite player was speaking to me and I could not understand what the hell he was saying. Then it hit me. Dunstan, Ozzy, and Sean were eventually connected, and I walked around muttering to myself about blowing my moment with Ozzy Gian. Herb, I also want to confirm that Sean is a great guy, worthy of your fandom. I have a handful of stories about him, but this isn't. Let's go cubbin <laughs> have a happy new year roger in greensboro yeah roger a big time listener remembers your sean dunston interaction how about that yeah it's my first uh autograph from a professional player awesome sean dunston gave me that autograph and uh, i've been a fan of his ever since and i think on the on the story where we're talking about uh that leads to people being fans of you forever when you're a kid you get an autograph it either sets that mood of man that guy's awesome or man that guy's a shitty player and i want him to fail everything i mean bj serhoff to this day <laughs> i don't care what he's doing garden in his house child rearing i want him to fail at everything fail at everything wow that man's name everything. is hj serhoff <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not even a BJ. Just uh, because he stared at me, he stared at me weirdly like one time in the clubhouse, and I was an adult by that time. But still, fuck that man. All right, there you have it. That about does it for us. So tomorrow, we'll open up the bag even further. We got a couple of good ones, and uh, we got Uncle Pete checking in, uh, as well as some other things. And tomorrow, Herb, if, if you'll indulge me, we got to talk about this U Darvish trade, man. It's been on my mind all week, and it just it doesn't sit right with me in, in the state of our game. And, you know, I know we have a lot of people, uh, you know, Cubs fan crossover here, and I, I really want to talk about this trade, and I feel so bad for Cubs fans. You know, seeing their franchise in their competitive window doing what they're doing. And I want to talk about what the U Darvish trade means for just the, you know, the future of baseball in 2021 in a, in a micro sense. But that about does it for us uh, today on this episode of Locked on White Sox. So one more time, Herb, how can they get a hold of us for the next mailbag? Send it to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. Questions, comments. Want to be like Uncle Pete? Want to be like Roger in Greensboro, Sam and Hensdale? Locked on socks at gmail.com with anything not has to be sock specific or baseball specific. You can participate in our socks in the city segment, or it can be like uncle Pete and steal the show every week by having your humorous emails read by Chris Tannehill. So locked on socks at gmail.com is the way you reach us. And Chris Tannehill can be followed at Chris Tannehill, me, Herb Lawrence, Hector wall 23, and the show is at Locked On Socks yes. on Twitter and real quick, Instagram. Herb, like, so I tweeted out the link for the YouTube video. Subscribe to YouTube. Oh, yes. I'm going to throw out a surprise uh, pack. I was going to say surprise pack uh, to, to those that are. It is. It would be a surprise if you win. Uh, Very much so. A prize pack for, you know, when we're, we're looking for 1,000 YouTube subscribers to Locked On White Sox YouTube channel. And thank you, everyone, for the feedback on the 2020 montage that I uh, tweeted out the link to last week. So, yeah, a lot of good feedback there. And if you want to revisit the 2020 season in video form, uh, just go to the Locked on White Sox YouTube page. Yes, indeed. And that wrap-up of the 2020 is worth your time, friends. I got to tell you, Christian Hill did a great job. And humbly, he was like, oh, I just did it on whatever my computer was. It's awesome, guys. He's, it's, it's like he works on TV production, too. Oh, please. That, that, that's just a lie. But yeah, I'm working on it. No, it's it fun. Isn't. It's good. It's fun, it's though, good. yeah. Those people yeah. do a hard – man, that job is hard, man. Like, you watch – uh, quick pitch in the morning, which I think is probably the best produced show on television because they're taking baseball game highlights and they're they're trying to tell the story of an entire ball game using home and away radio and TV calls. So you're you're pulling from four different uh, mediums right there, and they're able to to weave a story about an entire game. That show is incredibly produced. So those people have a hard job, but I certainly thank you. And uh, we're trying to build up our channel a little bit, so be part of that. Come on over and join in on the fun. We got clips from previous episodes we have full interviews our interview with sean evans from hot ones is up there the james fox interviews up there and you'll get little things like the 2020 highlight video as well so yeah subscribe to us locked on white Sox on youtube all right so that's chris Tannehill. i'm herb lawrence thank you for joining us for this mailbag monday edition and come back for talk to us tuesday on locked on socks